All right, another episode of the Sales Crew Podcast, uh, second inaugural post, and this time we're welcoming Matt Saraman to the crew. Matt Saraman is an account executive currently, and I've worked with him for years on the inside. And today we're going to talk about the strike zone, and, and we'll get into that later. But first, want to introduce Matt Saraman. How you doing today? Hey, Sam. How's it going? Thanks for having me on here and appreciate the introduction. Looking forward to our conversation. Long-time listener, first-time caller, I'm sure, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so Matt, um, me, and you go, me and you go way back. Tell, tell the crew a little bit about yourself and, and how you wound up here today. Yeah, Sam and I, really good buddies in college, you know, just established a great friendship. And a little bit about me, I was, you know, big golfer and decided to give that a shot after college and after a year and a half of pretty much not getting the results I wanted. I decided to try to find a job in tech. And I found really instantly that, you know, because I had no job experience previously, that it actually wasn't really an easy task. And Sam took me under his wing. You know, I got the company we were at. He let me interview, obviously got the job. And from there, we not only established our, our working relationship, but we're able to maintain our friendship and do a lot of great things together. Absolutely. I remember night before that interview, you slept on my couch. That is, that is very true. And you gave me all the, <laughs> the pointers too. <laughs> That's right. We had a nice, nice sushi dinner and you got a nice restful night of sleep on the couch before, before a 9am interview. Nothing like that to get, to get you in the right mindset to, to, to do well in an interview. Exactly. Um, another interesting about, <laughs> another interesting thing about Matt is born and raised in Marin, California. Shout out to Marin. But about a year ago, year and a half ago, you moved out to Austin to explore some opportunities. Tell, tell the audience a little bit about how the transition's been moving out to Austin. I know a lot of Bay Area folks are interested in that kind of move. Yeah, you know, it's kind of born and raised in the Bay Area and being at, going to school at UC Davis, I felt like I kind of never really left. And we actually visited Austin together with our old team. Loved everything about it. And I told myself if I ever got the opportunity to move to Austin, I would definitely jump at it. And you know, the company I was working for decided to open up an SDR hub, and I made the jump to help grow that team out there. I'd say Austin's great city, really fun vibes, you know, really big tech presence, and it's really similar. So enjoying it, and don't see myself moving back uh, anytime soon, for the, <laughs> to say that. All right, for those for those of you who are listening to figure out if Sarah was coming back to the Bay Area, there you go. You can tune off if he's not moving back. <laughs> So, so let's get into the topic at hand. So the reason I wanted to have you join the crew today, Matt, was your nickname is Strike Zone Saruman, at least in the context of, of sales and, you know, inside sales. So I kind of want to unpack the concept of the strike zone for the audience out there. Me personally, I think it is, you know, one of the more impactful lessons that, that I've learned throughout my inside sales career. And, you know, just working with you, you were one of, of the reps who really took it to heart and really, you know, embedded it into your workflow. And I think we saw fantastic results. So that's, you know, for folks out there, that's what we're going to be talking about the next 15 minutes. What is the strike zone? Why did it become important? And how can you implement something similar um, at wherever you may be working? So Matt, do you want to introduce the, the concept of the strike zone for everybody? Yeah, the strike zone is essentially a concept of figuring out what the target audience and what the right qualifications are um, for initial phone conversations. So SDR, BDR, 
reaching out to someone, that person being interested to learn about the product, and then having that initial conversation to kind of set the boundaries and ask the right questions to set the AE up for success after there's a, after there's a good initial connection that the SDR establishes. Yep. And obviously it's a, it's a baseball analogy, right? So if you think about it in that context, the reason baseball has a strike zone is to kind of uh, speed up the pace of play and give the pitcher, the batter, and the umpire, make sure that they're all on the same field of play. And exactly like my, Matt, Matt just described, we're applying that context to sales, right? So the batter is, you know, essentially that field account executive resource. The pitcher is that inside sales resource who is doing that upfront qualification. And I would say the umpire is sales leadership, sales operations, uh, and generally the rest of the business. And really the goal is to make sure that inside sales is feeding outside sales pitches that fall in that strike zone so that whenever the field resources are swinging, quote unquote, that they have a better chance of hitting home runs. So Matt, do you wanna, do you wanna talk a little bit about kind of the set of circumstances um, where we were working together as to kind of why, like how did the strike zone come about and why was it important? Yeah, I'd say, you know, as a, as a team, we were doing really, really well at, to set opportunities, but that's kind of where the momentum fell short we would be setting a high number of opportunities on a weekly basis. But at the end of the week, our AEs would be really unhappy because they're realizing they're spending, you know, anywhere between eight to 15 hours a week doing first introduction calls that weren't going anywhere. Um, and at the end of the day, we were doing a poor job of qualifying. So that's kind of how it originated. And then once we got the ball rolling with the strike zone, kind of trained everyone and came up with this framework it was almost instant improvement of not only being able to handle conversations, uh, qualify in a manner that was successful, but it actually created a better field relationship with the AEs because the work we were producing uh, really hit home and was driving opportunities further down the funnel for them. And so it was really created a cohesive unit for to everyone that was involved um, with the situation from you know beginning prospecting to closing sales cycles as well. Yep. Yep. And, and like you said, I mean, we were just as an SDR team, we were at a point where we were very high volume. And I think that that's, that's really step number one, right? Like you got to get up, up and running and you got to get to a place where your SDRs have the ability to book a lot of meetings and fill up the calendars of your account executives. But then once you're at that point, you kind of need to think strategically and, you know, how can we dial this back in a way where we're still feeding the same number of quality opportunities to the field, but we're also saving their time in terms of not passing certain opportunities up. And I think that's consistent with what you just said in terms of, you know, I don't necessarily think the field was unhappy. I think they were vocal about it, you know, and I think that it was really a, a nice joint partnership between the inside, the outside and the sales leadership in terms of, hey, our, our, our outside sales resources are some of the most highly paid in the organization. And, you know, if they're having 10 net new meetings a week and five of those meetings are, you know, don't go anywhere, then that's five hours a week that our highly paid resources are just, you know, seemingly wasted. So something I really appreciated, you know, being the SDR manager at that point was the collaboration aspect between, you know, everybody involved. Everybody basically came to the table and said, hey, guys, this is what we're seeing in the field. What are you guys seeing on the inside? this is our desired state. How can we get there? Exactly. And something um, I noticed as well was 
the AEs were really intent on listening to our qualification calls and giving pointers because we already had a framework to work with. So they were really key in, you know, kind of guiding us further along to the qualifications and really uh, helping drag prospects through the glass, as they say. And it was something that they were interested in being there and actually being like a good business partner, which I've seen, you know, not really work well across the board of the AESDR relationship spectrum. So when there was a framework in place, it really allowed the AEs to hop on board and help out as well. Yeah. And another thing to point out is just, just the culture of the inside sales team. It was, it was very geared towards letting the SDRs do the initial qualification, which I mean, personally, I'm a fan of uh, both from a, a time use perspective in terms of making sure you're best utilizing the field resources time, but also from a career progression standpoint for the inside sales team. Right. I think Matt, I'd be curious to hear your thoughts, but I mean, those days back on that, ThoughtSpot team, we were having the most conversations, you know, probably out of anybody in the organization where that inside sales team was probably having 10 conversations with different companies, different prospects every single day. And we were really sharpening our spear in terms of the skills it takes to qualify an opportunity. And for me, that was something that I really appreciated about how that inside sales organization was structured. What are your thoughts in terms of the should SDRs qualify or shouldn't they? Yeah, I mean, I think it really depends on the organization and the trust they have in their SDRs. Obviously, you know, there's a lot of differences between having an initial inbound conversation versus having an initial outbound conversation. I would say inbounds, you know, a lot of qualifying where outbound is, you know, it's more education, but there's kind of a craft and skill to be learned for both. I think the biggest value that it added to our team is it really allowed us to see who the top performers were in qualifying and understanding, you know, not only the product and what we were trying to sell and introduce to these new prospects, but also the sales aptitude of the different reps on the team. It allowed everyone to understand who was really at the top and who really needed to be, you know, have, have some type of help along the way. And what I really found is the strike zone, gave that framework, but also allowed the top performing reps to help the bottom performing reps with not only call conversations, prospecting skills and what they're learning, looking for. And that only increased efficiency, but it increased call quality, it increased the relationships and the, I'd say moral support throughout the team. I mean, it really all stems back to that strike zone framework and having something, I'd say it's like almost like a North Star metric. I mean, that North Star, we could always kind of fall back on. I couldn't agree more. That was extremely well said. I think the, the importance of, you know, providing gold standards for the rest of a, a sales team to understand and be able to replicate. I mean, you just, you can't, under, you can't overemphasize the importance of providing gold standards to salespeople. And that's exactly what we did, right? We even had as cheesy as it sounds, we had a call call hall of fame where, you know, new reps could listen to it. It was an archive of recorded calls that they could listen to that, you know, essentially were the leadership approved gold standard for what we were looking for in terms of qualification. So, you know, for anyone out there, if you guys aren't doing that today, providing that gold standard, putting some structure around it and, you know, truly driving collaboration with new hires, with, you know, your current team and, and with the field is extremely important. Totally. So Matt, let's, so I, I want to go back to the collaboration aspect. I mean, I, I think that, 
you're totally right. There is some natural tension between inside and outside sales. I think just the way that inside sales is compensated and the way outside sales is compensated brings up some natural conflict. So let's, I mean, can you share some examples about real world examples about how the inside and the outside collaborated together to work on this common goal of getting towards a strike zone? Yeah, I just think in, you know, the context we're talking about right now, we were all strategic reps and what that meant at this company was, you know, we were prospecting into the fortune 1000. So we really had to work with the rep to come up with a territory plan. And I think just as, you know, AEs and outside field reps come up with their territory plans, it's critical to have the SDR involved in that not only for career growth and understanding what AEs have to do on a quarterly basis to understand their, you know, their revenue goals and what they need to get to, but it gives the SDR insight and really valuable information of how they should be prospecting into these certain accounts. You know, the more that uh, you guys are able to work with your AE and establish this relationship, um, the more they're going to be willing to support you and figure out, uh, how they can get you to the certain place you want to be. I'd say most of us can all agree that SDRs want to get into some type of closing role and it's up to the org and it's up to relationship building on the SDRs behalf to really get that ball rolling in the right direction. Yes. And something, something you actually just said touched, touched a nerve with me there in terms of the strike zone it has a lot of downstream impact and value. And one of those downstream impacts is that it changes the mindset of an SDR while they're actually doing their day-to-day -day prospecting, right? Because if they know that the carrot at the end of the stick, um, if they know the reward is only gonna be given to them if the qualification is done right and in the context of the strike zone, then it changes their entire approach to prospecting, right? It really just naturally drives a quality first more methodical approach where SDRs are proactively and prescriptively looking for the right person and persona, and they're looking for the right set of circumstances that would fall into the strike zone, right? So I think what we saw is just a lot less fluffy BS meetings um, that took place simply to get the SDR paid. And what we saw more was coming to the table with this guy is, is fully qualified and these are the kinds of people that we want to be speaking to. And the benefit of that was huge. Um, yeah. And the other thing, Matt, you, you talked about this, but from my perspective, kind of being more on the, the leadership side of things, what I really appreciated outside of the collaboration between the field resources and the inside resources was the collaboration between the field leadership and the inside leadership. And what I mean by that was the willingness to dial back inside sales quotas in order to achieve this vision. Right? I think it would have been extremely unrealistic and the strike zone idea probably would have failed if we continue to hold SDRs to the old metrics while you know, also expecting a highly qualified opportunity almost every single time. So I really appreciated you know, both sides coming together and saying, hey, this is the problem. How do we realistically solve it? And then how do we go out and incentivize both sides of the, of the, of the team to drive this type of behavior? Yeah, to, to add some context to that, I think I, I think our numbers were, you know, it was something before the strike zone and, you know, how we went about it. We, our quota was, you know, something around 30, 30 opportunities a quarter. And what was happening was, you know, there's obviously top performing reps, but there's also some top performing reps that were passing a lot of meetings that 
you know, just weren't good meetings and they're still getting paid for it. So it was really hard to see and kind of cut through the glass of who was performing well versus who's just, you know, sending out a bunch of emails and getting someone to bite on the hook and show, show up for 30 minutes. And I believe once we switched the strike zone and, you know, the leadership on the inside and outside agreed on it, our quota was, I, I think it was 12 meetings a quarter, but that meant us hunting these prospects, getting them on the phone for a 15 minute qualification call. And then if the qualification call went well from there, we were passing it off to the AE. So yeah. there's a lot of different things that can happen there, but if you're good at qualifying, it really allowed us to, you know, focus on quality prospecting, which in return, you know, you're not needing to send out 500 emails a day. You're, you're sending out 40 quality messages, 40 voicemails, you know, 40 LinkedIn messages a day. Yeah that are really targeted, really, you know, purposed. And that allows for a really good initial conversation as well, because the prospect then gets on the phone and knows that you took your time to, you know, research them, research their company. And I've found that that opened up the conversation right from the start. Yep. Yeah. And if, if, if you're out there and you're listening and, you know, you're an SDR or you're an SDR manager and your team is sending out 500 emails a day per rep, should probably rethink that immediately. Should probably check out some of the resources on the sales crew website probably right now. But I do, Matt, I want to talk about those numbers a little bit more because it's interesting, right? There's always a trade-off between quality and, and quantity. And let's talk about the impact of that on the business. So from my perspective, when we implemented the strike zone, yes, we saw less opportunity volume. No doubt about that. Quotas were lowered. Expectations were higher. That's a natural byproduct. But what we saw we doubled the revenue contribution in terms of mid to late stage opportunity pipeline production, right? And that is an incredible metric. The year after, the first four quarters after we implemented the strike zone, conversion rates from first meeting to pipeline sat at about 70%, and we doubled the amount of pipeline generation versus the following year. So versus the year after those four quarters in which the strike zone kind of fell by the wayside, the inside team doubled the, the revenue generation, which is just a mind, mind-blowing statistic and really goes to show the value of implementing something like this and working collaboratively to achieve this type of goal. Yeah, totally agree. And I think, you know, just in terms of the, the mental side of being an SDR, when the strike zone's in place, it really, you know, when we talk about burnout and people not wanting to be in sales, I think that also is a big aspect of this as well, because when you're going to work and you have a purpose and you don't feel like you need to go make a hundred cold calls, you feel like you're getting in the office and you actually have strategy involved with your work. It helps the overall mindset and company vibe as well, just because um, you feel like the work that you're doing is, is really valuable. And then when you're looking at these late stage opportunities that might have a chance to close, and we were in a position where we got a percentage of closed business, it really kind of drove you to keep doing that quality work because closed business means you're getting another paycheck, which not only validates what you're doing, but it also shows leadership that you're potentially ready to make that jump because you're providing such quality pipeline. And we all know that even though you're an SDR, as an AE, you should be prospecting just as much. Um, Just because you move into the next role doesn't mean that you're done doing that. So, you know, a leadership team or an organization that sees that an SDR is providing quality pipeline, they're handling their good conversations uh, with the prospects and qualifying well, 
Um, you're kind of checking off a lot of boxes to make that jump and feel ready to become an AE or, you know, be on the outside. You're totally right. Like when, when you give people direction and you give them support, that equals fulfillment. And that is such an important mindset and quality to drive in the inside because man, being an inside rep is tough, right? You, there's a lot of pressure, a lot of expectations and typically a lack of direction and resources to help these people. But again, you know, at that moment, SDRs were coming into the office and they're like, I know the type of person I need to get uh, in front of. I know the questions I need to get from them and the information I need to find. And if I do that, I will have success. And then having the wind at the back where the field and the management is behind you in that approach, that's very refreshing and, and very valuable. And there's no doubt that after a couple weeks of, you know, implementing the strike zone, the entire sales organization had a mojo, right? There was just a different air. There was a different energy, right? I mean, I remember Halloween that year, you dressed up as a strike zone. Like literally you came into the office dressed up as a strike zone, hence the name strike zone ceremony. Um, and yeah. we just had a ton of fun with it, right? We were on the phones every Friday morning with a different account executive role playing. There would be a lot of feedback back and forth between the teams. You know, we made a lot of jokes in the office about strike zone and you know, what's a strike and what's not a strike. And, I don't know. It was just a lot of fun being around that environment. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, you know, coming in the office every day seems like a daunting task. And I, I would say for maybe 75% of the SDRs out there, they're just trying to do everything they can to get to that next role. And they're not able to really enjoy the ride. And what a lot of people don't understand is, you know, this is being an SDR. This might be the only time you're in the office. Uh, you get to feel that sales mojo. So if the org's set up correctly, you know, you can actually create a really great culture and atmosphere with quality work, quality pipeline being created. That's fun. And, you know, people want to be in the office every day. I mean, I, I was working East Coast hours and waking up at 4.30 every morning and days just flew by, you know, getting in the office at 5.30 and cold calling, writing great emails. And, you know, I think one thing that you might not agree with this saying, but what I try to do every day was what's the least amount of volume I can put out today to create the most pipeline. And that's, what's, that's <laughs> why, what's why would I disagree with that? <laughs> I don't know. It's completely, I'm just kidding. Keep going. <laughs> it's completely against what other SDR orgs are trying to do. It's always about volume metrics. How many calls are you making? How many emails are you sending out? What I found with the strike zone was, you know, if I could send 30 emails and get 15 replies with six or seven of those being yeses. And then we get on the call, call and I qualify them and three and four of those might be moving to an opportunity with the AE and three or four yeah. of those, you know, 75% are leading to opportunities um, that are, I'm yep. getting paid on. And yeah, it's, you know, I, I wouldn't say least amount of work, but if you're doing quality prospecting, 40 calls, 40 emails a day is as much as you need to create really high quality pipeline. Yep. And that's, I mean, that's, there, there's a difference there, right? That's not being lazy. That's being smart about how you approach work. And that's, that's a much more sustainable. And, you know, if we're talking in the context of burning out, it's much harder to burn out. And it's a lot easier to sustain long-term success. If you take that mindset of, you know, I'm going to identify what is high value and I'm only going to pursue that. Let's talk about other organizations and maybe, you know, providing some suggestions around how do you get started with implementing a strike zone? I mean, for me, I think acknowledgement of the problem at multiple levels and, you know, across the 
organization is probably where you start in terms of, you know, leadership, outside sales and inside sales coming to an agreement of, hey, this is the direction that we want to go from a, a sales and qualification and pipeline generation standpoint and getting everyone bought in and then starting your journey on the strike zone. Do you have any different thoughts there? Yeah, I think it's really dependent on the org. Obviously, there's so many different types of products out there. You could be talking an enterprise product versus a very transactional product. But what I've really seen, you know, across the board is there's a lot of talent in the SDR world out there where they're just setting opportunities and passing that to an AE. And, you know, they're not really working on their phone skills. You know, they're not really cutting the cutting their edges to become a, a great leader or a great prospecting a salesperson. So I, I, it's really hard because it's obviously org by org basis, but I think implementing something like this has really got to come from the top down, the SDR leadership and figuring out what those needs are. So, you know, maybe if it's a, a purely enterprise product with no inbound leads coming in, then you got to be hiring SDRs that know how to have these conversations and you got to be tailoring your hiring process to that. So, you know, doing qual calls, whatnot, but I've also seen, you know, SDR orgs where they come in and handle inbound and move to outbound, but they're handling inbound, having these conversations. And then once they move to outbound, they're not on the phone at all. And they're just passing all these opportunities to AEs, which I don't think is particularly great for the SDR success moving on to a closing role. If that's what they want. So there's a lot of different things that go about it. It might have been confusing, but you know, it's really up to the org and figuring out what makes them tick, what their strike zone is, and then how they want to implement that for the SDR team. Yeah, completely agree. And yeah, I think just, just having that conversation around what is our strike zone is the natural starting place, right? So you know, if you haven't had that type of conversation, I would highly suggest getting together with your inside, your outside sales leadership. And first, just making sure everyone is on the same page in terms of what is our strike zone. And then if you feel it needs improvement, if conversion rates are, are a little bit low, tightening that strike zone a little bit and then going back to, you know, the respective field and inside sales organization uh, teams and really putting on a lot of proactive training and collaboration and opening up the lines of communication along with, you know, changing up payment, sorry, commission plans and incentive plans, I think that that is kind of the crux of getting started on, you know, implementing a strike zone for your own organization. Yeah, we could talk for days about, you know, a commission structure that works well. I think, you know, we are on a tiered system. So an opportunity is created, you're going to get 40% of your commission and then moving to S2, then you're going to, you know, get the 60%, the rest of that, if an AE actually accepts, accepts it. As a qualified opportunity, there's a lot of different ways to get really creative and really provide value to the SDRs to show them that their work, if it's quality, is going to get paid in multiple different ways. And it's going to be reflected based on that comp structure. I think, you know, being in sales, a lot of us like making money. So how can an org get creative with the comp structure to show that, hey, valuable work is actually going to be respected here. And if you do it, then you're going to be not only respected by the leadership, but you're going to be loving the paychecks coming in um, on top of your commission. Agreed. And the, the, the only one other consideration I'm going to throw out there is in terms of expectations around strike zone production for new hires, both on the inside and the outside. Obviously, guys, this is a dynamic strategy. This is not a black and white strict kind of policy. So whether it was a, a new SDR or a new account executive, 
we kind of put the strike zone by the wayside in terms of we didn't want that account executive having empty calendar syndrome in their first couple of weeks. And we wanted to give the SDR the chance to, one, have conversations, have as many conversations as they possibly could early on, and have no fear of passing up those type of conversations to the field, right? So there was absolutely that expectation, again, from the inside, from the outside, and from sales leadership, that new people, new sales hires would be approached and treated differently under the strike zone model. And that really, you know, after three or four months of being on board, that was the expected time frame where, you know, everybody's going to start living by this strike zone kind of methodology. Tell me if I'm wrong here, but we found that, you know, a new SDR with no previous experience, if they really got a hold of the strike zone and understood it quickly, you know, it was, it was four weeks until they could get on the phone and really have a an really educated conversation with a VP level prospect and be able to handle some types of challenges in that conversation, but he know if it was not right to DQ it, obviously, and if it was right to pass to the AE, obviously, as you go down the line of you know two months, three months, six months to a year, you're going to be able to qualify and dig deeper. But the strike zone really gave these new reps, you know, a framework to believe in, and they were able to get the gist of it and pass opportunities just based on the, the simple knowledge of what we are giving them. 100%. Yeah, they knew what to listen for. And even if they didn't understand how to have that really detailed conversation that drew out that pain and drag, you know, drag those prospects through the glass, they still recognized that, you know what, I'm talking to somebody who fits the strike zone. And it's a good decision for me to, you know, book this meeting for my account executive instead of me potentially floundering it by, you know, going on with the conversation. So I, I love that point there. Well, Matt, I think that was a pretty comprehensive conversation. I got to ask, how did it feel to join the crew? It's always great to uh, be talking. Sam's always you're thinking about new things, trying to create content. So happy to be involved um, and willing to help out any chance possible. It's been fun. I love it. I appreciate it. Strike Zone Saruman, thank you so much. Yeah, you have a good one, Sam. Until next time. We'll be